Welcome to the preview episode of Amplifying Voices, the first in a new series of podcasts dedicated to what people have had to say about the spaces they occupy. This and future episodes have been created in addition of a number of films that were produced for the Birmingham 2022 Festival, all of which were centred in and around the Tower Ballroom, a much-loved venue at the edge of the Edge Baston Reservoir in Ladywood, Birmingham, which closed in 2017 after 141 years. This now iconic piece of local history is soon to be demolished to make way for a new housing development. And whereas the film explores the tower's fascinating past and even at times imagined future, the podcast instead ponders the question, what spaces do we really want? an unusual place to have a, a venue like that. It's the sort of place you'd think would be in the city centre. And one of the things, you know, about marriages and love being sparked in that place mm. and, you know, children, grandkids, all started in this building by a reza. All these new lives have spouted and if that building wasn't there, and also interracial families mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened because mm-hmm. them inhabiting that space... No other venue in Birmingham where you would inhabit that space like that and feel safe and all right to be in that space. It was a happy, happy space. I've been around the reservoir, like, um, when I was younger, me and my older brother, we used to go running around the reservoir. Like, it was a thing we did on Saturdays. And we'd always see that building. And, like, I remember one time we were like, what do you think it used to be? And then we were just, like, making random theories of what it could be. And because it always looked like it was something, but then it just looks so run down now. We just wondered. Door ballroom, great, brilliant, yeah, brilliant. It, it was a landmark that um, the door ballroom. Well, I think music is a great um, sort of how could I put it? it? It brings people together and it creates powerful shared experiences. So I think a lot of the people, when they reflect back on their own associations. I think that those memories that people have at the space are probably one of its key kind of values and obviously losing losing the physicality of the building. You know, a lot of people feel that that's been taken away. I know myself. This whole site is just full of love. Yeah, I came in 1962. Yes, yes. It's a long time, isn't it? And then I would, when I came here, I was only um, 18 when I came here. And then um, everybody used to go there after, say about a year after I came here, on a weekend like, you see. But before that, we didn't have much places we could go. Everybody was there, every nationality, you know. Well, I like all music, yes. I like rhythm and blues. I like reggae, yes. And we used to get it there. But any time a group would be coming there, I would be there, you know? Yes. I've seen P.P. Arnold there as well. I don't know if you remember her, that name. But she was American, you know? And then um, Latina Turner. We've seen UB40 there as well. A lot of them used to come over, you know, and tour the country. So we have a lot of different people to go and sing. We used to do all the reggae type of dance thing, you know what I mean? Yes, but everybody could do it, you know what I mean? Yes, everybody could do it. I think when it, when Aston Villa won the, um, I think they won the cup, 
I think that was the most, uh, um, you know, for me. Because I'm a football, I'm a Villa supporter, you see, so, you know. Oh, we did, yes, of course we did. Party and night and all Yes, you got, you got people who were selling food outside. Burger bar was inside, yes. And the pub was massive in there as well. It's been a go court halfway around the building. You probably got about 20 staff just selling beer. Yes, yes. The kitchen was good with the reservoir. Because with the reservoir, people just go and sit there, especially in the summertime. Now they just sit on the bench there, you know, and just watch the ducks in the, in the uh, reservoir, you know. So it was really nice. You know, it was madness so when they closed the reservoir, closed it down, you know. It was madness, man. They put a bar on the door, on the gate, so nobody can't drive in there anymore. Everybody was upset about it, especially when you like go dancing. It's like taking the, ripping your heart from you, like what a burden on That's how it is, honestly, honestly. I was just telling the family, I was in there back in my days, uh, and in 1993, this was packed. It was rammed, jammed. You couldn't walk, you couldn't get your car in, you couldn't get it out. But now you can just, you can see as you can see. I mean, there was all sorts of things there. I used to sit on that bench every Sunday morning, seven o'clock, I'd pick the papers, it was called McGeever's, the paper shop. I'd come down here, and I'd sit here for a couple of hours till nine o'clock and then just walk home, which is just up there, and um, have breakfast. So I was with a company and we happened to have a job there. It was literally a wedding, yeah. It's got a nice view in there though. Like, we was, after we started serving, we sat down in one room and you could see the water, so it was quite nice, and, to be honest. Yeah, at least we're doing something with it. No. Come back. It used to be a ballroom place and lots of events were held there. My grandma actually used to go ballroom dancing there when she was younger and she worked there. Met her first boyfriend there <laughs> when she was 15 and they stayed together for like five years. Even to this day, like she tells me all these stories when she used to go dancing and like it was in there. So I think it should be useful for people in the community really because there's nothing for them here, is there really? Everything's shut down, all the youth clubs. So yeah, I think it should be something for them. I feel like I'd like to see it be turned into like a centre for the youth or maybe something like educational because the area's a bit like going downhill and I think there needs to be more opportunity or maybe even turn it into something for like the community to be able to like use the reservoir in a positive way and not like privatise it so it's <laughs> open to everybody. <laughs> From what I can remember, this story began when Iris and I met on a park bench about three or four years ago. And we just started imagining what this space could be mm -hmm. and what it was in the past and just started having conversations. Some of them were based on things that, that did happen. Some of them were based on 
things that I guess we imagined might have happened there mm -hmm. and others were I guess the most important thing is we just started saying what could this actually be if mm -hmm. it was reopened or changed or turned into an asset for local people um, because it always was something that a lot of local people were engaged with and are like really have connections with and are proud of as a venue and then from that we just continued to meet up at the reservoir and have conversations about all sorts of things in the neighborhood but the towel ballroom was the thing we always used to come back to mm -hmm. because you know it was the thing on our walk that for momentarily disrupted us and made us question and to think what actually is the reservoir and who is it for and why is it important for the city i know the towel ballroom from when i was a kid so even though i was from burton on trent which is you know 30 miles away there would be families that would have big weddings and functions at the towel ballroom so i already knew what the towel ballroom was and then i went to a night there many many years ago when it was probably student days when i visited birmingham what everything else i know about it is from what people have said about it and their experiences of it but yeah it was it was known in the region not just in birmingham there would have you know people from Tamworth, Litchfield, Burton, Worcester, they would know Tower Ballroom because it was a place where people came to go to gigs and to dance and that kind of stuff. For me, I think it was the location, it being in, in an actual neighbourhood and it also being a place where I could go and have a dance because actually I don't feel comfortable going into town, going to pubs. I'm not a big fan of Broad Street and the venues that we have in the city centre. And I remember growing up around social clubs in like mining towns like Clay Cross and my family are from like northeast Derbyshire. And it sort of had a bit of that vibe about it. But at the same time, it was also very Birmingham, really multicultural in, the, in its latter years, like from the like 1980s onwards. And it was a venue that was more accepting and uh, more diverse. So in some ways it had that spirit of like the working people's clubs. But the scale of a giant dance hall, like Wigan Dance Hall or giant Northern Soul venues, but then it was also kind of quite open and, and accessible in terms of culture, particularly in its latter years when it became like venues for weddings and festivals and dance organisations and stuff. So it kind of like brought lots of different people together. And I think another thing that was really important about it is, is it wasn't this fancy, you know, art centre that was run by art people. You know, I, I really like um, the Icon Gallery in Mac and these, these places, but if you want to just hire a space or have it for the afternoon to do a party or a dance, it's they're actually quite inaccessible. Whereas the Tower Ballroom, yes, it was privately managed, although council-owned, you could just spend 100 quid to hire it out and you could have your party or your family event or an, um, a competition or a boxing match. So there's something kind of quite empowering about that that you can get this big space and the community can do whatever they they want in it now maybe that's what i dream about it as potential of a space which anybody can use for either free or next to nothing that they can then turn into their event and make it their own and for them to have power over that event to organize it and not just being customers of the arts oh we must go and see that thing that's been programmed by a public arts organisation. It being something where, oh no, do you know what? We could get together and do this together. Um, which I think is why the Tower Ballroom has probably had such great audiences. The roller skaters are an example of that. So Skate Brum, they did their weekly roller skating events there. So they would have hired it, you know, relatively cheap. They would charge a small fee for people to come in. And then it was, they were owning that event and the community had ownership over it. And it became a place for them to be together and to enjoy skating in Birmingham. Um, and there's not many places like that which allow that 
model to happen. We started, because I used to live in Ladyville, mm-hmm. so we used to go round the Tower Ballroom <laughs> quite a lot, but when I, <laughs> when I was a teenager, there used to be bands there. Because we had no money, we used to sit down and just look poor. And the Dex's Midnight Runner came and they said, oh, we're coming through. And oh, thank you. So we used to do that quite a lot when we went to the, the Tower. But I do remember going to see concerts and going dancing. But I do remember being in there but I think that's what's really interesting about that space, that it's used for so many different mm-hmm. things and people of different generations. Even now, that's quite unusual. Yeah. We're sort of thinking about that because, you know, the elders and um, our little people sort of inhabit the same space mm-hmm. and both generations get so much. We're sort of going back to that. But I cannot think of any space where you would get that cross-generational impact and also cultural differences you know as what played there there was loads of groups there was you know pop bands ballroom dancing boxing it was such an amazing place you had youth where they used to do um saturdays or early evening clubs where young people could go and dance in a safe environment Mm -hmm. then your grand would go in the evening to go and shake her stuff it's a fantastic space i think whoever ran it and that's one of the things i kept thinking i don't know who actually ran the place because it they were very smart there was no barriers about um you know this is a nightclub this is for young people this is a club for elders this is that whoever ran it was very smart. What he said is that this actually it was a community centre. That's what it was. Every single person spoke about. There was no trouble. I think it's really interesting because actually, if you were young going there, you couldn't make trouble because you know your mom, your nan, your gran, your dad, <laughs> your cousins would all be there, yeah. and in- inevitably they would, find, would out find out. Somebody mm-hmm. would find out. So you couldn't really make trouble there. It felt like a really. It felt like a really safe space as well for people to go of whatever culture you are. You know, women felt safe there. Yeah. I really do think it's a, a great loss for us to have spaces like that. You know, our community centres have gone. But that specific genre of a space where every generation would inhabit and also not feel embarrassed about being there, I think it's quite, quite special. The one thing about the reservoir, it's got such a fantastic history because you look at Victorian pictures of the place, you know where the Tower Ballroom is, just as you go down that little ramp. Yeah. There used to be a bandstand there. So in Victorian times, Victorian people used to go and listen to music on a bandstand. So it's oh. always had a connection with music and stuff. And you can find pictures, fantastic Victorian dresses, men in top hats, and the, the bandstand there. So that little corner of the residence seems to have had a really long history in getting the community mm-hmm. together yeah i think it's a i think it's a great loss to birmingham but you also think uh, you know you start to dream and you go god if i had the body man that would make a fantastic restaurant i'm, I'm sorry why are people not thinking that would yeah. make a most beautiful cafe little restaurant in the evening they sell beautiful meals sit out with your loved one go for a walk around that restaurant have a nice meal i'm killing it Flats are going to go up there. You just think, it's so dry and unimaginative. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to have great views of the Reza, but really? (laughs) 
been through really difficult periods. I mean, it used to attract quite a lot of difficult people over the period, and it caused a lot. I know there was the, quite often it would be closed down because of inappropriate behaviour. It's still been a, a very interesting place for people to come and use, yeah. I mean, I know that it used to be a very famous place for people to go to dance because obviously it's the Tower Ballroom, the place to go. Lots of relationships have started there and probably ended there as well. But yeah, it was, was a great dance venue for many years. When you go in, the back part, the back wall, that's still part of the original building. And you could you used to be able to see it's like a proscenium arch sort of. They put the bar up there. It has a really good sprung dance floor for ballroom dancing, so yeah. If you want me to say what I think is inappropriate about it, I'm quite happy because you obviously know that the, this area is, is a nature reserve and it's not very many cities of Birmingham size, or any size really, where you have something like this which is completely surrounded um, and it's a fantastic venue. I mean, during the, the, the COVID lockdowns, it was just fantastic for people to be able to come and walk safely. And what they're intending to do is actually totally inappropriate, given that it is a nature reserve, uh, but also given just because it is such a facility for the people. I mean, they're trying to close down the sailing club and move it. It's not acceptable. Yeah. And we need a community centre and a community area here. It's just, it's, it's a no-brainer. I live in Birmingham, but I don't live nearby the reservoir. So I have been to the reservoir several times, therefore, you know, seen the Tower Ballroom. But I wasn't really aware of the story. So the first time when I got involved or kind of became aware of what the Tower Ballroom is was around the Dreaming Tower Ballroom project and mm -hmm. actually understanding that there was this building um, nearby the reservoir which was in the threat or being disused. Um, and there was a campaign to save it. And obviously, as a, somebody interested in buildings, I thought, great. <laughs> I don't think people would not be able to access the reservoir, but they might not be willing to access the reservoir. Or it might be that houses around the reservoir change um, ownership. And, you know, it's an asset in Birmingham which is really underutilised. A lot of people do not know that this exists there. Any type of development there would put that on the map, so to say, in terms of property and real estate uh, agents. So you will see a lot more interest, not just in the new development, but you would see a lot more interest in the existing properties there as well. Um, so you wouldn't be that people would not be able to access the reservoir, but the community around it, which is quite a well-established community right now, would, would slowly start being eroded because of the prices, because of the fact that the next time you want to move or you notice your house price has jumped quite a lot, you will probably sell that off, um, which is fine if you, you know, if you just subscribed sort of market economics but maybe not as much if you think about from the point of view that it's not nature reserve and people you know have developed a lot of social connections there and also it's a generally a community you know people who do not have a lot of financial means so yeah the alternative is that they would get pushed out further away into different areas of Birmingham which means that their access to the city centre and other services would, would have to change. I think with the benefit of the doubt I would say Probably mismanagement um, would have been one of the um, one of the main issues. I think definitely um, from what I've heard around um, the later years of the Tower Ballroom as an operational sort of nightclub were not very good in terms of how it was managed and then how then um, maybe the council was also sort of monitoring that management. 
Um, the nefarious sort of underbelly of that might be that there are some development interests, whether mm-hmm. from uh, people within the council, associated with the council, or you know people who want to to de- to develop that side. Um, I think also there is an issue of care. I don't think anybody in that process cared to actually understand what maybe the cultural significance of that building would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also there is a lot of circumstance. I do think it's been quite unfortunate that um, just when this was kicking off, the pandemic happened. And I also think, you know, issues of the building itself, having asbestos and things like that would have not helped the case. So there is a lot of circumstance there as well. Um, so I think all of these things compounded. But to me, the biggest one would have been of care. I don't think anybody really understood or cared to understand in that process that there are people who actually, you know, associate a lot of positive emotions with that building and with that area and would like to see that being used for similar purposes in the future. I've got no personal memories of the tower at all. In fact, I don't think I've ever been inside. But I became aware of the whole issue around the tower when I moved into this area about 25 years ago now. And one of the first things that, as a local resident, um, came up is that the council wanted to pull the tower ballroom down and build development of some form. Or I think it may have been a hotel, I can't remember. Um, But clearly this was going to be a major disruption to what I'd already understood and seen and experienced was something really quite special and that's Edgebaston Reservoir and nothing happened until fairly recently a few years ago council comes back with a plan to develop in inverted commas the tower ballroom site it's a thin end of a wedge the reservoir is an extraordinary area Uh, It's a local nature reserve. It is not a park. It's not a manicured place with clipped trees and cut grass and whatever. It's a semi-wild. And it's semi-wild within a mile of the city centre of Birmingham. It's quite extraordinary. And that really does need to be looked after. Once you start doing something on the edge of the reservoir, even if it's a tiny little bit around the tower ballroom, you set a precedent things will go downhill from then onwards. And it's a connection of an individual simply walking round a quiet, peaceful space, enjoying the, the wildlife, enjoying the, the natural environment, the calm of the water. I think it's the same for everyone, whoever they are, whatever their backgrounds. And the key thing is that it's an individual experience. And I say key because This is where it comes back to the issue of the future of it. It's those individual voices in their huge numbers that really need to be heard about the reservoir, about its future. It's that responding to it as an individual, benefiting from the atmosphere, benefiting from the space, it contributing to a sense of individual well-being, and that's where the value lies. We have to keep coming back all the time to individuals benefiting from the reservoir, responding to the reservoir, and it's how all those individuals collectively feel about its future. 
that we ought to be trying to gauge, to work with, to collect, to put together and to build on. People still need a space for community to get to know each other, to be able to laugh, dance, eat, sing, um, enjoy each other's company, enjoy like arts, enjoy dancing, enjoy activities. And I think people are still yearning for a spot like that. Like lots of communities are like, we need community spaces. The youth have basically nowhere to hang out. Like I know this from experience, like well, I want to do boxing, right? And I have to travel I have to take a bus to do that. There's nowhere around locally in Ladywood where I can do that. And having somewhere like the tower, I'm not saying we have to bring the tower back, back in its yeah. full glory, but definitely a space where people can meet, talk, have fun, just like enjoy themselves in a space where they know they're not going to have to be told, oh, you're being too loud. Oh, you're in my back garden. Your music is way too loud. Things like that. So it's like we definitely need those spaces for younger people, for older people, just to be able to meet I just feel that actually some of these spaces are really going to be led by young people with the support of people that care about young people and their future. Mm. I think that's what's going to happen and that is is going to be absolutely beautiful. I don't know what it's going to look like but there's something very special about that and I'm quite excited for that as well. I think having like a time of just remembrance of like what the tower used to be and I think these projects like Germing Tower, Sporting Tower, this podcast, just everything else people are doing around this is really important because it's telling the stories that otherwise would have been lost to time like your what your children would have heard it maybe your grandchildren would have heard it but other than that nobody else would know that outside of your family and I think these projects they're bringing it more to light they're allowing people to understand like I wouldn't have known about this if it wasn't for these projects and I wouldn't be here to talk about them and I think having a memorial type of thing where people can come and pay their respects for the place that they once used to thrive in it would mean so much to people I think because instead of it just fizzling out just being like oh it was once great and then it slowly deteriorated and now it's a building with graffiti on it people could remember how it once was and understand that while the building itself is gone the memories are still with them and they can still impart that on the future generation. Thank you for listening to this preview episode of Amplifying Voices. We hope you enjoyed this taste of what's to come. Don't hesitate to send us your reaction and comments either on Instagram at Bert Associates, B-E-R-T-Z-A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-E-S or by email at admin at bertassociates.com. This episode was recorded at The Yard, a community space supporting local artists in Birmingham. Find out more at Yard Art House 
www.birminghamfestival.co.uk. This podcast was brought to you by the Birmingham 2022 Festival.